Everyone can be seated. We're going to find our way to our seats. Amen. We don't normally do this, but uh, is there anybody tonight that has a testimony? Something you'd like to thank God for. Brother Paul. Actually goes in line with what Pastor was just saying about um, about giving your tithing. Um, actually, he's the one uh, that sort of taught me a quote-unquote lesson back in the day. Not tithing, but about offering. You know, uh, the, uh, we're taught in the Bible that tithing is uh, given um, in obedience, and also besides that, offering is really an act of gratitude for what the, for what the things that God has done. Yeah. in our lives and my testimony is uh, that you know God has continued to uh, bless me in following that principle of putting God first um, and just this past week I found out I got a, a 5% raise so that's why I'm going God thank you Amen. praise the Lord somebody say praise the Lord we ought not to be ashamed to say praise the Lord in the house of God. <laughs> Amen. Thank God. Anybody else have a testimony? We don't have this opportunity often, so if you got a testimony, you'd like to give thanks to God for what God has done. Amen. Sometimes we used to be worried back in the day. We'd be worried people would stand up and give thanks to the devil for all he's done in their lives. But we want to give thanks to the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? Going once. Amen. Well, let's move on with the service. Amen. Always good to hear what God is doing. Amen. I did not coordinate that with my brother, just in case you guys are wondering. I did not do that. Uh, but I'm thankful, amen, for the readiness to testify. Amen. And it goes to show that you cannot outgive the Lord. Amen. You cannot outgive the Lord. Amen. Some of you maybe have tried and maybe have yet to see. Amen. How God will come through. But God will come through. And you cannot outgive Him. Amen. God will be indebted to nobody. If you have your Bibles, I want us to turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 5. Amen. I want to thank our musicians. Amen. For giving their all. Amen. Week in and week out. Amen. Sister Lauren, Brother Nate, and others of you that have helped out at different times. Amen. We appreciate your commitment, your sacrifice. Amen. I was telling Sister Lauren one day she'll be able to step back and direct a choir or whatnot. But in the meantime, in a church that's our size and grown, we we do it all. We I remember uh Growing up um, in, in, in my, my parents' ministry for many years, and, and there was, I think for years, I was the only singer, Sister Teresa. I was the only singer. My mom would help me, uh, but I felt like I, I was singing all the time. And uh, I was thankful that you know, eventually God helped us, and, and God has since blessed us. But... Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together. Somebody say, yourselves together. Let's say that one more time. Yourselves together. Amen. We can't not say yourselves together all separately. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. Even as also ye do, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. And if we could turn over one more passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. 
Amen. Why don't we ask the Lord to help us, to anoint us today. God, we thank you for the word of the Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your power today. I'm asking you tonight, Lord, that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would settle upon me, Lord. God, I'm nothing without you, God. I'm but mud. I'm but clay, God. I'm just dust, God. I need the intervention, the help, and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, for the authority of the Holy Ghost, the authority, Lord, hallelujah, that it only comes from you, Lord, spending time on my face before God. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint the people of God tonight to be receptive to your word, God. I pray, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that there would be a response to the word of God tonight. And we'll pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Most of you, you're already seated, so you can remain seated. Amen. The passage of scripture we read in Thessalonians. Amen. Thessalonians was uh, the name of the church uh, in the city of Thessalonica. In the uh, and Thessalonica was a major city of Macedonia in Greece, and this was a very diverse place with a mixed population, Romans and Jews. And Macedonians, you might say, much like California, much like where we are today. Amen. There's a lot of there's a lot of applications we can have for the scripture. Amen. The church that was there in Thessalonians is much like the church that we are today. Amen. A, a mix of populations, a diverse uh, a group of individuals, and I believe that that is what the church should look like. And I'm excited tonight to look out amongst a diverse population, a diverse church of the living God. Amen. And the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica and is what we find here in the book of Thessalonians. And when Paul writes his letters to the church, the the church was very young, much like the church that we're a part of here tonight. Amen. Albeit the church has been here a long time, but I feel like there there is a a youngness, a youthfulness. Uh, There is still a newness of the church Abundant Life Center here in Lathrop, California. Uh, We've I've only been here, uh, you know, for the last three years now and uh, was I grew up here, but for many years was in San Jose. Uh, But the church of Thessalonians, the church of Thessalonica was much like the church here. And it was only established only a few years uh, prior to the writing of this letter. And the Thessalonians needed to mature in their faith. And Paul is writing to them to strengthen their faith. And while in Athens... Uh, we, we, we see from the scriptures that Paul sent Timothy to Thessalonica to strengthen the church. For in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, 1 through 2, it says, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone. This is the Apostle Paul. And we sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you. Amen. That shows the newness of the church of Thessalonica, that they still need to be established to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Amen. And Paul is writing this uh, this passage of scriptures in Thessalonians and in Second Corinthians. He's writing to the church in Corinth. And I want to talk tonight for a few moments uh, on the enemy's devices, the enemy's devices. The Apostle Paul realized that there were certain things that the church in Thessalonica was going to be facing, was going to be dealing with, and that they needed a minister of the gospel to come and to speak to them and to strengthen them. And he sent Timotheus to go to them. And in 2 Corinthians we read uh, that it says, For we are not ignorant of his devices. We are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. I'm going to tell you tonight, as you set out living for God, there's going to be many ways in which the devil would come against you. You personally come against your family and come against this church. He's going to come at one family from one direction. He's going to come at another family from a different direction. And you and your, uh, as you're experiencing the, the attack of hell, the fighting of hell, you may think that you're the only one dealing with different adverse situations. But I want you to know tonight that you're not alone, amen, in uh, what you're dealing with, uh, amen. But I'm going to tell you that there is a stronghold in this city. And stay with me for a few moments tonight. There is a stronghold in this city of Lathra. There's a stronghold in this valley. Amen. This has not, this stronghold has not been torn down before. 
And so you and I, in many ways, as I've said before, are blazing the trail. Amen. We're going, amen, and we're trying to do, amen, what other churches have not been able to accomplish. To establish a one God, Jesus name, apostolic, holiness, teaching church of the living God. And as we set out to do it, amen, the devil will fight you. Because you're trying to take down, amen, the stronghold that he's built up. But I want to tell you tonight, I believe it in the Holy Ghost. And I believe it in my spirit. Amen. That this church is going to make it. This church is going to succeed in what we set out to do. Amen. God stands beside the church of the living God. Amen. There's strongholds that do not want to be broken down. A stronghold. What is that word? A lot of times we can use words in the church and a lot of... For many of us that may be younger or or maybe not familiar with the things of God, we don't know what is a stronghold. Amen. A stronghold is a place that is dominated by a particular group uh, or marked by a particular characteristic. It is a fortified place. And I'm going to tell you today that this city, amen, there is a stronghold in this city. It It is a place that has been dominated for years by the prince of this of this world it is a place that has been dominated by spirits of alcoholism spirits of idolatry spirits of false religion spirits of drug addiction spirits amen that would want to do anything but live for god anything but please god it's a stronghold that we're that we're up against tonight and i'm going to tell you as we are going into the enemy's camp we're going into the streets. We're going throughout the neighborhoods. And we're, we're telling people about God. And we're, we're inviting people to church. Amen. You don't think for one moment that the devil sits back and says, Come on in. Go ahead and take these people I've enslaved all these years. On the contrary. Amen. The devil begins to fight back. And there are several things I want to call out tonight. Several things that the enemy can and he will use to try to deter you from faithfulness. To the house of God. He'll try to deter you from salvation, the, the, your soul salvation. He'll try to uh, he'll try to destroy you. He'll try to deter you from the anointing that God wants to place upon your life. I'm going to tell you that today that there there is a function for every body part in the body of Christ. And God wants to use the hands just like he uses the feet, just like he uses the arms, just like he uses the legs. And God wants to anoint you and the devil wants to make it his business to strip away that anointing, to strip away the things that God wants to do in your life. And he will try to deter you from living for God at the end of the day. He'll try to deter you from living for God altogether. There are several, there are six ways in particular that I want to talk about for a few moments uh, ways in which the enemy comes against you. And the first one is that of offense. The devil will come at you the first way, uh, at least in my bullet points tonight, is, is by offense. Something that somebody else said, something that somebody else did, something that uh, the way that they looked at me, the, the way that they said something about my kids, the way that they did this or that, it offends me. And it's an offended spirit. That's one way in which the devil will try to come against you. Amen. You may be doing right. You may be doing well. You may be going forward. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, somebody slaps you in the face. And you say, man, I don't like this church. They offend me. I don't like the way they talked about me or my kids or my family or my wife or my husband or about others. I just don't like the way they do things. I'm offended. Amen. I'm going to tell you, offenses shall come. Amen. Anybody that's lived for God for any length of time has been offended at one point or another. But as if those that have made it have made up their mind, no matter how much I'm offended, I'm, I'm made up in my mind, I'm, gonna, I'm going to live for God. I started out this race to make it, and nobody else is going to dictate to me my soul's eternity. Amen. I had to come, I had to cross that road, that bridge a long time ago when I was offended. And I said, oh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do right. I'm going to live. I'm not, I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to say hello to this person or that person. I'm offended. And I begin to realize in my mind, wait a minute. I'm allowing that offense to rob me of my joy, to rob me of living for God, to rob me of all the things that God wants to do in my life. 
And you can allow offenses, amen, that will come, amen, to deter you. And there is one way in which the enemy will come against you. Another way he'll come against you is with temptation. You're living for God. Everything's going good. And the Bible says, uh, let him that thinketh he standeth beware lest he fall. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you fall into temptation. And you're wondering, amen, where did that come from? Why did I fall into temptation? And the devil's trying to steal you, amen, to steal your joy, to steer you away from living for God. He throws temptation your way. He throws all sorts of things your way. Temptation takes on so many forms. I want you to hear me tonight. Temptation takes on so many forms. I'm tempted just to stay away from church, to suffice my spouse, my employer, whatever. The temptation will always be there until you learn to overcome it. Another thing, the third uh, bullet that I want to talk about that the devil will come against you is through intimidation. If you'll just stop living for God with all your heart, maybe the devil will ease up on the things that you're battling with in your life. If you'll just stop, amen, uh, fulfilling the ministry that God has in store for you, maybe the, the enemy's attacks will ease up from your life. If you'll just stop and he's trying to intimidate you and he's trying to say, don't you dare go forward. Don't you dare get involved in another area of ministry. Don't you dare do that because I'm going to wreak havoc on your family. I'm going to wreak havoc on on, on these different areas of your life. And the fourth way he comes against you is with fear. But I'm going to tell you, perfect love casts out all fear. Amen. Perfect love cast out all fear. You want to know how to deal with fear? Amen. Get into God's presence. And the God that is love, amen, will begin to it will begin to kick out, will begin to expel the fear from your life. Amen. Whether it's fear of, of an abusive spouse, whether it's fear, amen, of, of what your employer might do to you, fear what your neighbors might say. Fear what your family might do. Amen. Get into God's presence and allow the God that embodies love. Amen. To expel and to kick out the fear in your life. The fifth way he'll come against you is through discouragement. I'm so discouraged. I'm so discouraged. I just don't know how much more I can do. I'm so discouraged. I've tried so much. I just don't know if I can make it. I'm up and I'm down. I'm up and I'm down. I'm up and I'm down. I'm sick, then I'm well. I'm sick, then I'm well. I got money, then I'm broke. I got money. And it's, it's this cycle. And you begin to become discouraged. And discouragement, amen, will begin to produce a, a, a sour face. We sing a song in Sunday school. Uh about if, if you got, I forgot the words that just slipped my mind all of a sudden, but if, if uh, your face will surely show, how's that word, that song go? If you're happy and you know it, your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, your face will surely show it. If you're not happy, your face will surely show it. If you're discouraged, your face will surely show it. If there's turmoil in the home, your face will surely show it. It works for a lot of things in life. And if you're discouraged, your face is going to give you away every time. And the devil just wants to discourage the saints. The sixth thing that I want to talk about for the remainder of this tonight is a word that's called isolation. Elijah and I, some of the boys are playing basketball probably like weeks, maybe months ago. And they begin, there was a word that they use on the court uh, when somebody wants to take you one-on-one. They say ISO, right? Is that, is that correct? Yeah. ISO. ISO is short for isolation. In other words, somebody that thinks they're all that in a bag of chips, they call out ISO. Let me get this guy one-on-one because I, I can handle him. And they try to say, all right, everybody else back up. Everybody else give me some room. It's just isolation, ISO, me and this guy. Because I, I, I got the upper hand. I can take him all day, every day. Or all day, er day. They can do it. And so they'll use those words. ISO. I got this. One on one. Hey, let me call this guy out. I got you over here. Because they know 
that they can't take you and your team on, but they can take you one-on-one. And sometimes they can do it all day long, air day. They can go all the time. And they say isolation. And the devil uses the same tactic with many of us. He says, I'm not going to attack them while they're in church. I'm going to wait till they go home. I'm going to wait till they're by themselves. I'm going to wait till they're not with their family. And they're all by themselves. I'm going to begin to attack them. I'm going to begin to come against them. I'm going to speak lies to them. I'm going to whisper thoughts of, of discouragement to them. I'm going to, I'm going to whisper different uh, spirits of offense into their spirit. I'm going to lie to them. Because when they're all alone, when you're all alone, the devil's got you right where he wants you. We've all heard the story, the parable uh, of the 99 sheep and the one that wandered away. And I can I tell you tonight that perhaps that sheep just began to wander? Maybe he saw some squirrels. Maybe he saw a fox that wanted to play. Maybe he saw some things and he said, well, I'm just going to get away from the herd. I'm going to get away from the flock. And the devil began to, if you will, Elijah began to call out, ISO, I got this one. ISO, I got this one. He's mine. Just come on a little bit further. Leave leave the 99 behind. I'm going to tell you that there's, the Bible says that the shepherd, he left the 90 and 9. You say, well, why would he leave the 99? That's foolishness to go after the one. He left the 99 all by themselves because there's safety in numbers. There's safety when you're amongst the people of God. There's safety when you're amongst the brethren, when you're amongst the sisters. There's safety when you're in the house of God. But let the devil take you off by yourself. Let the devil cause you to miss church. Let the devil cause you to miss prayer. And suddenly he begins to isolate you. And he begins to get you all by yourself. And it's exactly where he wants you. And he shouts out to the devils, I saw, I got this. I'm going to take him down. And I'm going to tell you, the devil still does that old tactic on the church. He doesn't do it exactly amongst, amen, when we're here gathered together as a local assembly. But he waits till you're outside of the fold. He waits till you, you've missed a service. And then it becomes two services. And then it becomes three services. And then all of a sudden he says, hey, buddy, you're all by yourself. They're probably talking about you. They're probably ridiculing you. They're probably mocking you. They're probably gossiping about you. Don't go back to the fold. Don't go back to the church. You don't fit in. Amen. And it begins to whisper. And it begins to tell lies in your ears. And you begin to hear things. And I'm going to tell you, it comes from the devil himself. Because he knows if I can isolate some people tonight, I can destroy them. I can take them down. Come on. We need to love. We need to worship the Lord for a moment. Amen. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Come on. We need to worship the Lord here tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we lift our voices? Can we lift our voices one more time? Oh, I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Is it any wonder that as you begin struggling in your walk with God, the devil's first whisper, stay home from church tonight? Is it any wonder, amen, you begin struggling, you're not praying like you need to, you're not staying connected. The devil whispers, stay home. He shouts out, ISO, isolation. Take them out. And he begins to he begins to put a mark on you and says, I'm gonna get them. I'm, go- I'm going to isolate them one way or another. Somehow, some way, I'm going to isolate this family, this individual, and when I isolate them enough, when that one sheep begins to wander the countryside and he doesn't even know where the, where's, where the rest of the flock is, he doesn't know where the shepherd is, he doesn't know how to get back home. Amen. I'm gonna tell you that that opportune moment, the wolves begin making their way to that one sheep that's lost. And you begin to hear the howling of the wolves. Amen. You begin to hear the howling of the wolves. Amen. We're going to take this lamb. We're going to take this sheep. We're going to take him out. Amen. I'm going to tell you that devil, 
He's a lying devil. Amen. The truth is not in him. Amen. What you need to do is get back into the fold. You need to get close again to the shepherd. You need to get right with God and say, God, let me not wander from your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. I want us to lift our hands in this place tonight. Jesus. 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 Shorabaka Polo Robo Shata. Yalo Robo Shata Rabo Shata. Yalo Robo Shopo Robo Shata. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. To isolate is to separate or to detach so as to be cut off or closed off to something. To be secluded. Amen. The devil wants you to be to live secluded. The devil wants you to, to live in such a secluded way, amen, that there's no contact with the people of God, amen, that there's no uh, coming together with the people of God. It's when I come to the house of God and I see Brother Nathan here and he's praying. And I say, man, Brother Nathan's got a hold of God. I, I got to get a hold of God like he's got a hold of God. Amen. Sister Monica's getting the victory. I got to get the victory. And we begin to strengthen one another. We begin to encourage one another. Maybe you come with a struggle and you share it with Sister and she said, hey, let me tell you, I walked that road before and God helped me overcome it. That's what happens when you're amongst the fold. That's what happens when you're amongst the people of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, we should never isolate ourselves from other believers. We should never isolate ourselves and say, well, I'm going to do my own thing off in a corner. I need the church. I need the people of God. The church is the vehicle that God has chosen to save, amen, them that are lost. Amen. God used the ark that Noah built to save them that were lost. And there is one way to be saved. And God still has declared, I'm going to use the church as a vehicle, amen, to see the people out of here when the rapture takes place. Hallelujah. You've got to get in the church, honey. You've got to be a part of a red-hot apostolic church that's going up when the trumpet sounds. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I need somebody to preach with me tonight. Come on, I need somebody to preach with me tonight. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen. We need to understand tonight I'm not going to live isolated in a corner. I'm going to live shoulder to shoulder. I'm going to lock arms with my brothers and my sisters. I'm going to make it. Hallelujah. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Not only is it dangerous, but if we are to advance the kingdom of God, how can we do it if we separate ourselves from God's people? Not only is it dangerous, but how frustrating would it be if you, amen, perhaps had a prosthetic hand and you relied on that prosthetic hand and one day your prosthetic hand began to talk and began to say, I don't want to be attached to you no more. I think I got this by myself. Yeah. You'd be like, man, you're a fool. You think you are. I need you. You need me. We need one another. Amen. There is a role that everybody in this house plays in advancing the kingdom of God. I want to remind you tonight, it's still about reaching the lost. It's still about going out into the highways and hedges and compelling them to come. Amen. It's still, amen, going into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. It's still go, go, go. That's still a preaching. Amen. That's still the message that should be preached. And it requires a body to function as a body. The hand to attach itself to the arm. The feet to attach itself to the legs. Amen. The, the head to be screwed on straight. And see, we're going to function as a body. We're going to do what God's called us to do. Amen. The foot can't say, Amen. My role's inferior to the hand. 
be the hand. Amen. But the foot must say, I'm going to take you where you need to go, Pastor. The hand's going to say, I'm going to do what you want me to do, Pastor. The mouth's going to say, I'm going to speak what you want me to say, Holy Ghost. Come on, it takes a whole body. Not isolated body parts that think they know better than the head. Amen. It takes everybody working together. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I came off work early today. I found my way to the the baby's room that we never use. I thought we need all this stuff, Sister Monica. Wiper warmers and changing tops for the cabinet and all these things, and we don't even use them. The only thing we use that room for is our praying room. I got to the prayer, the prayer room, the baby's room, and I began to pray. And I like to take this little one with me when I pray, because I want her to hear Daddy praying. I want her to feel the Holy Ghost that said me by Darian. I want that baby to feel. Hey, how that I want her to know that's the sound of a praying man. That's the sound of the Holy Ghost. That's the, that's, the, that's what the Spirit of God feels like. And I begin to scoot right into that little prayer room. And I held my baby. And I begin to pray. And I'm going to tell you from the very beginning of getting in that prayer room, the Holy Ghost began to fall. And the Holy Ghost came with me for three hours. Amen. Just sobbing and crying and feeling after God. And, and I thought I could get up. And I tried to do a few things. And God drew me back. And I began to sob some more in prayer. And God began to put this message in my heart and in my soul. Amen. God wants somebody to know. Amen. You cannot be safe in isolation. You need the church of the living God. And I'll preach it till I'm blue in the face. Amen. You've got to get this in your spirit. It's got to get deep in your spirit. God did not make us to be alone. You say, well, you're preaching what you want to preach. I'm going to tell you there's a word of God. Amen. In Genesis chapter 2 and 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. It is not good that the man should be alone. He said, I'll make him and help meet for him. But God doesn't want his people to be isolated off in their own corner alone, doing their thing on the side. We are all part of the body of Christ. And we are to have fellowship with one another. For 1 Corinthians 12 and 27, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Would the devil rather come after a group of believers having fellowship and building each other in Christ? Or would he rather come after a lone, struggling believer at home on vacation all by themselves? Would he rather come after you when you're in the fellowship hall after Sunday morning service with other people of my precious faith and fellowship and talking about the things of God, sharing testimonies? Would he rather come after you while you're in church on a Wednesday night hearing the preached word of God? Or would he rather come after you when you're out there, when you're out there at the high school all by yourself? When you're out there at college all by yourself? When you're out there at your job all by yourself and you're surrounded by those that are not believers? He'll begin to whisper things into your mind. First Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are what accomplished in your brethren. Amen. That's how we win. You've got to have people around you like precious faith, Brother Terrence, that are beginning to, to, to encourage you. And they're saying, hey, I faced that same battle when I was your age, and God helped me to overcome it. You can make it. Brother Mike, I dealt with some of the same things your 
dealing with, but I made it. Hey, brother, no, I haven't experienced that, but brother Miguel over here, he has, and he made it through. And we begin to get encouragement because our adversary, as a roaring lion, is walking about seeking whom he may devour. I've watched a few YouTube clips of the safari, Serengeti, in the middle of nowhere, leave it at that. And those uh, animals of prey, those, those predators, those predators are looking for that weak little small creature that cannot survive on its own, that can't make it by themselves. And you make no mistake about that line is looking. Oh, there's one. And he, he begins to spot it. And, he's, and he just circles. He says, okay. If I, can, if I can begin to get these people to move over here. And if I can get to him. I'm going to tell you, that's how it works. It's exactly how it works. You say, well, the devil's coming for my brother. What, what am I to do? You're to get, and you're to stand and help that which is weaker in the faith. I say, hey, devil, you're not going to touch him. I got your back, brother Nate. I got your back. I'm going to help you pray over this one. And you begin to cover those that are weaker in the faith, and you begin to pray for them. You don't gossip about them. You don't, the, the big elephants, they don't begin to talk about the baby elephants. Say, that little weak elephant, he ain't got what it takes to hang out with the big boys. But the big elephants, what do they do? They begin, they begin to form a line. They begin to form a wall. Hey. That's right. Hey, hey, that, that, you don't, no, more, no more than that. That's as far as you come. And they begin to cover. Because they, they realize if that line, if he has his way, he's going to get with the Terrence. He's going to isolate him. He's going to devour him and take him out. But as long as Brother Terrence has a church surrounding him, as long as Brother Mike has a church surrounding him, hey, I know you might be struggling, but I'm going to come in prayer today. I, why don't we get together for coffee? Why don't we pray together? Why don't we talk about the things of God? Amen. We're going to make it. The devil's a liar, and you need the church. You need, amen, to be joined together with the people of God. Amen. How many times have you and I been tempted? To stay home from church. Probably, for honest, every single service we're tempted. Unless you reach a point where you just told the devil, shut up and go home. He don't even bother you with that no more. Well, he comes up to you every service. Hey, I'm going to give you this little migraine headache. I'm going to make you stub your toe. I'm going to make your tires blow out. I'm going to make your bumper fall off on the freeway. These are all true stories. Because I want to isolate you. Just don't get to the house of God. Just stay by yourself off in the corner. You know what's annoying? And this is to Elijah and Brother Terrence. You know what's annoying? Is the people on the court that are the ball, they, they're the ball hogs. They think they got it all. And they, they always are calling out isolation. They, they, or they think that they can do it all themselves. I can take on a team of five. Surprise, Buster. No, you can't. You, you see the ball hogs and they, and they just they do all these crazy moves and they think I can take this all by myself. And they find out time after time, I need a team of four other people to help me can't do it by myself. You cannot do it by yourself. You need somebody alongside you. You need a team. You need a church. You need the brethren of like precious faith. Isolation makes you vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. We mentioned like a lion. If he can take a zebra away from the pack, then his chances of eating the zebra are better. When you're facing a trial, a tribulation, a hard time, Listen to me tonight. When you're facing a trial, a tribulation, or a hard time, the last thing you need to do is be isolated. Especially when you're going through things. Especially when the devil's whispering things into your mind. The last thing you need to do is isolate yourself. I'm picking on these guys. I know they play basketball. Like, and I used to play ball a lot. And me and Brother Paul, we thought we were all that and a bag of chips. And, but I love talking basketball, as you can tell. If you were injured, if you had a bum ankle, you would not be calm isolation. 
You know I can't do it. But how many of us, when we fall, we stumble, we get bruised and battered, we think, I can still do this by myself. We're, being, we're playing the fool. We need each other. We need the church. We need one another. We can't make it on our own. I'm going to tell you today. I want Bishop Kemi to stand up for a moment. Bishop Cameron, how long have you been living for God? 40, 43 years? 41 years. Did you get here by yourself? No. No. But you're a man of God. You got to walk with God. But you didn't get here by yourself, did you? Thank you. None of us can get here by ourselves. I have a lot of respect and admiration for my dad. As great as he is in my eyes, he, didn't, he can't get here by himself. You can't make it by yourself. You can't make it by yourself. You need the church. You need your brothers and the sisters. You need one. We need one another. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for the labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. I was talking to the security guard at my job a few days ago. I was telling him, the role I really would love to have me a jet ski. And he was saying, man, I remember those years I had a boat. My neighbors had a boat, and they'd be on the Delta every day and tell me all, man, the good years, the good times, the good years, and they'd be doing their thing. And I said, well, I want to get me a jet ski. Probably just one, because that's all I can afford. Don't tell my wife. But I'd like to have one one day. But he said, you know what? Don't ever go out by yourself. I thought, what? Don't ever go out by yourself. You never know what happens out there in the Delta. You never know what log you're going to hit in the river. You never know when you're going to have a, a run out of gas or have an engine failure and you're out there all by yourself and you think you're cool, you think you're you think you're you think you can do whatever you want and you're out there all alone and you have an engine failure, brother Raul. He said we always went two or three or four boats deep. I wish I had that kind of money, but he said you never go out by yourself. That's that's foolish. I thought, there's some good advice. You never go out alone on the water. You never know what can happen. And you're out there to face the world all by yourself. We need one another. We cannot allow the devil to isolate us. He wants to isolate us. He wants to isolate you. And it may not be physically. It may not be uh, Spiritually, it might be mentally, where you think, I'm the only one dealing with stuff in life right now. I'm the only one, I'm the only one battling this. I'm the only one that's going through it. And the devil tries to make you feel isolated. He tries to make you feel like you're all alone. Because if he can make you believe you're all alone, you'll begin to act irrationally. You'll begin to make foolish choices and foolish decisions, and you'll begin to, to, to play the fool. He wants you to be ashamed and embarrassed, angry and resentful, powerless and hopeless. He doesn't want you to be in church. He doesn't want you to be in prayer. And he doesn't want you reading the word of God. And I'm going to tell you what we need more than ever. As the scripture says, so much the more. As you see the day approaching, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. As a matter of some is, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking getting together. Make this a priority, what we're doing tonight. Make this a priority. Whatever I've got to do, I'm going to get to the house of God. I remember growing up, and I know I'm going a little bit long tonight, but bear with me, please, for a few more moments. I remember growing up, and for a time, Brother Miguel, we lived in Stockton. And we we went down the road. Uh, to an apostolic church here in town. And my dad, 
worked in Saratoga, had a hair salon. And I remember as a boy, if I'm wrong, Brother Paul, you can correct me. I remember as a boy, Dad walking to church, sometimes a little bit late, with his briefcase and his suit, and come and sat right next to us. I thought my dad made it straight from church, straight from work. Brought his briefcase, hightailed it, didn't stop, didn't say I'm tired. That's a long commute, folks. That was back in the the 80s, the late 80s probably, uh, mid to late 80s. But he made a commitment. I'm not going to allow the devil to keep me away from the things of God. That's right. We need to be in the presence of God as much as we can. Amen. Sitting at home, going to bed, working 24-7 is not going to fix the problems we have. The more we pull away, the darker the situation becomes, the cloudier things seem. The more isolation becomes familiar territory. And eventually, you are not only detached from the church, but also detached from God. And missing one service becomes easier than it's one week and then it's one month. And before you know it, you're so far away from God and his people that the fight to come back is overwhelming. The fight to come back is overwhelming. Because the devil got you where he wanted. He isolated you. He said, stay there in that corner. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat your lunch. I'm going to take care of you. After a while, being away for so long, you feel like, I don't fit in there. Things are different now. People have changed. But it's all a lie. And the fact is, you've been isolated. And the devil has you where he wants you. If we could stand to our feet as we close tonight. The devil's not playing games with us, folks. The devil plays for keeps, something I learned a long time ago. He's not playing for fun. He's not playing you when as a kid you play marbles and give them back after done. He's, he's playing for keeps. When I get, I keep. I don't give it back. He's making a play for your family. He's making a play for your salvation. He's making a play for your kids. If he can isolate you, he's got you where he wants you tonight. God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you, Lord, to put your hand upon our church tonight, God. I pray, God, that the people of the Lord, the people of the name Jesus right now, God. God, help us to understand. Help us to not be ignorant of his devices. I pray, God, that there would be a gathering together tonight in this place. I pray, God, that there would be a gathering together in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Ghost. God, I take authority, God, over every ungodly, diabolical spirit of hell tonight. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ for the help of the Holy Ghost. I pray you would breathe upon us, Lord. You would strengthen us right now. Come on, why don't you throw your hands in the air and why don't you reach out to him for a few moments. Oh, come on, throw your hands in the air. Jesus, God, draw me closer. Draw me nearer. God, draw me close to your heart. Hallelujah, I want to say something tonight. Amen. You, the devil may be trying to isolate you, but also on the contrary, God is trying to draw you in. God is trying to tighten, amen, tighten the group. God is trying to tighten the relationship. God is trying to bring you closer. He's trying to bring you into the fold. If you feel that pulling, if you feel that tug, if you feel that drawing, amen, to come closer, to draw nearer to God. I want you to come to this altar.
God is reaching for somebody tonight to say, I want to put my hand upon your life one more time. I want to anoint you. I want to use you. I want to set you apart. Come on. It's not enough to fight isolation. You've also got to say, I'm going to draw near to him. I'm going to draw closer to God. I'm going further in God. I'm going further in God than I've ever been. Come on, if you just say, I need a renewing. I need strength. I need somebody to pray with me. This hope is open. Come on, this is the time. This is the moment. Hallelujah. Thank <laughs> you. 